This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my co-host and producer of the Model Health Show, the glamorous Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How are you doing this fine day? Feeling like a special lampion. Special lampion. Yes. What is that? A champion of specialness. Mm, I love that. <laughs> I love it. And you are all kinds of special. Man. All kinds. And you all know the this kinds for sure. You are that. Today. <laughs> we have plowed through. Absolutely. But that's how it is. You know, sometimes it's just that it's that daily grind, you mm-hmm. know, and you've got to step up to the plate when challenges present themselves. But also there's a period of grace that we all can happen upon as well, where things are just flowing nice and beautifully. But what fun is that if it's always like that, you know? I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So today we've got an amazing show for you guys. And, you know, my modus operandi, you know, my mission is to, to provide the most powerful, empowering health information possible to really help you to transform your life and to transform the lives of the people that you care about. And, you know, we've been dealing with a pretty tremendous weight crisis really mm-hmm. in our society and you know where individuals are currently we're talking about three-fourths of the population being clinically overweight or obese right now so bringing some real powerful weight loss strategies is something that I definitely want to bring to the table Absolutely. and what we're going to find usually is that this really boils down to simplicity but we can be devoted we can be dedicated you know mm-hmm. New Year's just happened not too long ago And people are setting out to transform their bodies Mm -hmm. and to finally get their weight together. But you can be as pumped up as you want to be. You can be as passionate and driven as you want to be. If you've got the wrong map, you're not going to get there. That's right. You know, you're going to end up in Timbuktu, you know, (laughs) but wherever that is. Wondering how you got there. You know, it's kind of one of those things. The Bermuda Triangle. You take that passion and that drive and you get the right map. You get the right strategy. Miracles can happen. Seemingly miracles. We've seen them. Right. Absolutely. That's right. That's how we roll. That's how we roly poly. (laughs) So let's go ahead and give a shout out to our show sponsor before we kick things off. I want to give them a big hug. (laughs) Onit.com. O-N-N-I-T forward slash model. So O-N-N-I-T forward slash M-O-D-E-L for 10% off all your health and human performance supplements. Huge fans of the Hemp Force Protein. It's my daily thing. It's my recovery drink. The highest source of bioavailable protein for the human body. Mm -hmm. Edestin, albumin, very soft globular proteins that are, by the way, water soluble. Mm -hmm. What are you mostly made of? Water. Water. Mm -hmm. Be water. Mm -hmm. And we absorb that stuff. And it's one of those things where, again, you don't even need as much because it's so bioavailable. You feel it. You feel a difference and you have less. When back in the day when I was trying to put on some size, (laughs) you know, I was taking like two scoops of this mm-hmm. whey protein mm-hmm. and finding out that there was no way to not have gas, <laughs> you know, which is not sexy. You're not sexy. Uh, yeah. So this is a completely different feeling. I use less and I get much more. That's true. You know, and that's the real power. I remember I was kind of surprised you said you only need one scoop when we first got it. <laughs> and I realized it is enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One in the uh, Vitamix takes care of all of us in a big smoothie. Mm-hmm. One big scoop. What you got a lot of people. I do <laughs> I use two scoops personally. There we go. Three is the recommended. I think that's for crazy people. (laughs) You don't need that much, but it's all good. So Hemp Force Protein, wonderful flavors. It tastes incredible, but also huge fans of the Shroom Tech. Mm, Okay, Shroom Tech Sport. That's what I use pre-workout. I'm going to be using it today. We've got a training day with my son, so I'm going to get him some too. We're going to get ourselves jazzed up. Oh, boy. Naturally, (laughs) with no crazy spike and no crash because it's really based on something that has has about 5,000 years of document history. We're talking about cordyceps mushroom, okay? Clinically proven to improve the uh, oxygenation of your blood, boost your stamina, mm-hmm. right? And libido, by libido. the way, little sidebar, put that in parentheses, mm-hmm. you know, anything that boosts your libido, that is, we're talking about sexual transmutation. You can take that energy and put it into something else or into something else. Like. So it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible stuff. It Shroom Tech Sport is another one of our favorites. So head over to onit.com forward slash model. Check them out. Do yourself a favor and get your hands on some of these incredible supplements. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. I absolutely love this one. It says, like a plane load of knowledge bombs. Five stars with that one. I discovered this show a few months ago while listening to Pat Flynn on Smart Passive Income. My life hasn't been the same since. 
I thought I knew some stuff about health and fitness, but I've experienced a total reboot from Sean's teaching and the results speak for themselves. A few years ago, I started getting back into working out after being lazy for a few years. I signed up for Tough Mudder as a motivation to make me do it. I've now done two mutters, but I still felt slow, fat and clumsy. Then I discovered the Model Health Show. And over just a couple of months, I lost the weight I wanted to lose, got my energy back, started sleeping better, and just overall feel better at 30 years old than I did at 20. I can't even imagine how many people I've told about this show, and I can't imagine my life without it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Yeah, that... That is so powerful, (laughs) so powerful. And another testament don't just listen. Take this stuff and mm-hmm. apply it to your life mm-hmm. and see the results for yourself. Uh, wow, that's so powerful. Like, I'm really yeah. touched by that. I know that. you didn't expect that. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> I can see it. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that and taking the time to, you know, just head over to iTunes. I know it can take a whole two minutes mm-hmm. to do, but I really, really do appreciate that. And everybody, thanks so much for leaving those reviews. Uh, so now let's go ahead and get into the topic of the day and our special guest. Our guest today is Jimmy Moore. This guy is just flat out incredible. And he's the author of a couple of amazing books, Cholesterol Clarity, What the HDL is Going On With My Numbers, (laughs) and this book I have right in my hand, which is Keto Clarity. Mm -hmm. And he's got an amazing story. He's an OG to podcasting. He's been in the game for probably going on about 10 years now. I know you're close to 10 years, Jimmy, and over 900 episodes and just interviewing some of the most incredible, knowledgeable Uh, health experts in the world and really helping to get this message out. And of course, he's had me on uh, recently as well. And it's just a really great individual, by the way, you know, outside of all this stuff, he's a guy, you know, he's like a a real person. And it's just an incredible story, which I'm not going to give that away. I'll let him tell the story. But I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, the incredible Jimmy Moore. How you doing today, man? Man, what an intro. Does OG stand for old grandpa, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Only greatness. Today it does. Today it does. (laughs) Double meaning. So, my man, I want you to please share your superhero origin story with us. I know that you've had quite an experience, you know, in in being on different sides of the health spectrum. So just let everybody know how you kind of got interested in health and, and wellness in the first place. Sure. So I grew up the fat kid. I was always the fat kid. I was the kid they made fun of growing up. I was the kid who had a single mom who was doing the best she could to feed her three kids and two very hungry growing boys and got fat and got extremely obese in my 20s post-college And it's funny because people, Sean, they think, okay, you become an adult, you suddenly have this epiphany about how you're supposed to eat. No, we eat the way we were taught to eat. And as a kid, I was taught hamburger helper and blueberry crunch and uh, Little Debbie snack cakes and Coca-Cola was a normal way to eat. And so when I became an adult, why would I change from that? So I didn't. And I continued down that path uh, that made me get bigger and bigger and bigger so that by the time I reached the age of 32, I was 410 pounds. And gulp, yes, that's a biggie. And what was interesting was I did not realize how bad it had gotten. I'm six foot three, so I can hide weight pretty well being so tall, but... It was really bad. The problem was, in my mind, I thought, oh, I'm about 330, and I was okay with that. I was 4'10". And so once I realized that I weighed what I weighed, and keep in mind, I had tried diets over the years, so it wasn't like I tried nothing. I did low-fat diets. I did the Dexatrim diet, the Slim Fast diet. You know, you name it, I had done it. And most of those diets were all predicated on low fat, low calorie, exercise till you drop, all the things that I now know were the exact wrong thing for me to do if I wanted to lose weight and get healthy. And so it was in the fall of 2003 that a series of events, everybody's like, what's the great epiphany that made you change your life forever? It wasn't just one thing. It was kind of a series of things, but they all added up. And those experiences uh, were things like I was a substitute teacher at the time 
in the fall of 2003, and I remember writing the lesson on the board, and this little boy from the back of the room says, Man, Mr. Moore's really fat! Ouch. (laughs) Right, wow. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the whole class started busting out laughing, and I laughed to keep from crying, but that was a powerful moment. I also had a moment where I was uh, trying to climb this rock wall at my church. Uh, they had this little fall festival thing, and all these kids and adults were going up and down that thing like Spider-Man. Now, keep in mind, remember, I thought I was only 330 pounds at the time, and so I'm like, I could do that. And so I go and try to do it, and of course, I cannot do it because I'm having to lift this big body of mine, mm. and I couldn't do it, and so that was embarrassing that I had all the gurney hooked up to me and then I had to undo it all and didn't get to do it. And then I would rip pants about once a month. I would have to buy brand new uh, big and tall store pants, which if you've never been to a big and tall store, they are the biggest shysters in the world because they Mm. take all your money for just slightly bigger than they sell at Walmart. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) So I got a book for Christmas from my mother-in-law. It wasn't just any book. It was a diet book. And so every single year, my mother-in-law, God bless her, would give me a diet book for Christmas with a not-so-subtle connotation, hey, um, fat boy, uh, we need you to lose weight. So, So I got this one this particular year, and it was Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution. And I read that book between Christmas and New Year's. And I thought, man, this guy is whacked out of his mind. What do you mean? Cut your carbs. Don't you know that's how you get your energy? I'm going to be so lethargic if I don't eat, you know, carbohydrate to a grand degree in my life. And then I kept reading and it said, eat more fat. I'm like, whoa, this guy's a cardiologist and he's telling people to eat more fat. Doesn't he know that's going to raise your cholesterol and give you heart disease and clog your arteries? All those things, all those imageries that we have in our mind about nutrition and health, And I said, you know what, though? What the heck? I had tried everything known to mankind to try to lose weight and, by extension, get healthy, and none of it worked. And so January 1st, 2004, I started on the Atkins diet as written. You know, some people say, well, I did the Atkins diet. I'm like, well, what would you think about uh, what was on page 275? Oh, I didn't read the book. I just ate meat, eggs, and cheese. (laughs) That's not the Atkins diet, my friend. So I try to educate people now on making sure if you're going to do the Atkins diet, read it by the book. If you're going to do the Sean Stevenson diet, do it by the book. You know, don't try to make things up and then put a name on it afterwards. So I did it the first month, lost 40 pounds. Now, keep in mind, or 30 pounds. Uh, Keep in mind, I was 4'10 when I started. I couldn't find a scale anywhere that would weigh me. Mm. I had to end up, I think it ended up at the Gold's Gym. I said, how big's your scale go to? And he said, 500 pounds. I said, well, I'm nowhere near 500 pounds. I step on it and see the 410 when I'm expecting Mm. 330, and that was the big gulp moment for me. So anyway, I did lose 30 pounds the first month, got so invigorated, so much energy, felt so alive again, normal, probably for the first time in my entire life, that by month two, I wanted to go to the gym and just run. I get it out of me because I had so much energy. And I think I ended up doing like three miles an hour on a treadmill for 15 minutes. That doesn't sound like a lot because it wasn't. But when you're 380 pounds still, I tell people I was weightlifting at the time. I was lifting my whole friggin' yes, body. Yes. Right. <laughs> so wow, yes. I, my legs were really strong, by the way, So um, <laughs> from carrying all this weight all these years. So mm-hmm. uh, another 40 pounds the second month were gone. By the end of 100 days, it was 100 pounds gone. And it was at that point that I'm like, hmm, there might be something to this. <laughs> right. right. And so I continued on. I did have periods where I did not lose weight. Uh, In fact, a 10-week period where I lost no weight on the scale, but I lost six inches off my waist. And it was that epiphany that really woke me up that this is so much more than about weight loss. This is so much more than whatever that damn scale happens to say. It really is about whole health, feeding your body what it was meant to be fed, and then getting healthy as a result. I lost 180 pounds by the end of the year. Wow. wow. That's Bravo. Right, right. I know we literally wanted to clap over here. Incredible, Jimmy. And by you doing that, and as you know, you, I mean, you've impacted the lives of so 
many people. I mean, just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people by you stepping up and being the model. And, you know, like you said, you followed what it said. And through that process, and by the way, I, I definitely have to ask you to talk about this because, you know, I grew up having a similar experience for sure. You know, when you said booberry crunch, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a special place in my heart, the Frankenberry. I was a serial kid, you know, mm. we usually got the cheap kind, you know, like instead of the Captain Crunch, we had like, what was it? Kangaroo Crunch or something, some crazy. Yeah, the, the off brand, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we grew up with this really the same paradigm and basically eating very cheap food, poverty food, you know, and a lot of times. What I call crappy garbage. Oh, cr- oh garbage, it. yes. Garbage, like And garbage. so we're really promoted. We don't really understand because we don't know what we don't know. We think that these foods that we're paying a little bit more for are, you know, better for us, but that's just marketing. You know, these are poverty foods. These are foods that are very, very cheap to produce. We're talking about oh, pennies. But Sean, they have 12 essential vitamins and minerals for your kids' growing bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually, right there on the front packaging. Usually <laughs> fortified, of course, you know, added back in because of the right. processing, you know, and we just buy into this. And of course, when I was taught in my university setting about nutrition, I was told to tell my clients to consume 7 to 11 servings of mm-hmm. of whole grains, healthy whole grains a day. It was the basis of the diet. It's the main mm-hmm. thing you need to be consuming. And then wondering why about 50-50 with my clients getting the results, mm-hmm. you know. And so, by the way, it was effective for some people. Now, here's the catch. See these people later. Right. That's where the issue happens, you know. And I've seen this many, many times when I see a person I worked with, you know, 10 years ago. And it's just like, what happened to you? You know, there's like, I followed the whole low fat thing and, you know, it just didn't work out. And it's just like, I wish you would have stayed connected to me so I can give you the right information because you did that on willpower and you had that same experience. You lost a bunch of weight doing a low fat diet. Tell us about that. How did that happen? How did it turn out? Well, I had done low fat diets off and on for many times over the years when I was an 11th grader in high school. I wanted to look good going into my senior year of high school. And so that summer I pretty much did like a low fat slim fast type of deal. Uh, don't do slim fast. That's just gross, man. Uh, <laughs> it makes you crap your pants. So 1999 was when I got really serious about doing a low fat diet. My brother, Kevin, who is my only full blooded brother at the time that year had had a series of heart attacks, uh, three, in fact, in the span of a week that almost killed him. And he was 32 years old when that happened and morbidly obese, of course, and all the stuff that comes with that. So anyway, I got motivated to want to do something because I was just four years younger than he was. And I said, hey, I've got to do something or I'm going to follow in his footsteps. So I go on pretty much a no-fat diet in 1999 uh, where I ate no fat. I had things like this, Sean, naturally fat-free marshmallows. Ah. Or a naturally fat-free food. It says it right there on the front packaging of a Twizzlers, those little long string Twizzlers. Oh, we're familiar, baby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And so I was eating those like there was no tomorrow, Mm. and I lost a ton of weight. So weight loss has always been one of those funny things for me because it's never been hard when I was younger to lose weight. It was always hard to feel satisfied and not angry and wanting to bite your head off when I was losing weight. And that's precisely what happened in 1999. My wife, Christine, will tell you, I was not a happy person to be around. (laughs) She was having to feel the brunt of a lot of the anger. And I now know it was my brain starving for fat because your brain needs fat in order to operate properly. And so... I did lose weight, but I still had, even though I had lost a pretty significant amount of weight, over 100 pounds, I still had like a little bit of a belly, even with all that weight loss. And I also now know that, you know, insulin resistance was still continuing and probably getting worse as a result of this diet I was on. So yes, I found weight loss success, but no, it didn't last. And here's why. One day, Christine asked me, hey, can you go to McDonald's and get me a Big Mac meal? Now, it was at the time she didn't really have anything to worry about. She's been underweight most of her life. So (laughs) I was like, sure, I'll get you that. If you'll let me go get a quarter pounder with cheese and supersized fries and Coke just this one time. And, of course, you know what happened after Mm -hmm. that. It wasn't just this one time. It was just this every day until I gained back all the weight four months later. So... 
it was not a pleasant experience. And it was at that point, I kind of concluded in my mind that in order for me to lose weight and get healthy, I have to be miserable eating a low-fat, low-calorie, hungry, angry type of diet, or would I rather be happy and obese? And I chose the latter at the time. Wow. There's so many interesting and powerful things there, you know, and just how that programs your own mind to think and the decisions that you make based on that experience, you know, and you're talking about being hangry, you know, hungry and angry. Mm -hmm. And there's a great commercial, which funny enough, it's for Snickers, you know, where I think it's, it's somebody and they're like, they're being Aretha Franklin is, I think Aretha Franklin's actually in the commercial and (laughs) there's like, you're such a diva when you're hungry. They (laughs) give her a Snickers and she turns back into a guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So and it's kind of like this alter ego that happens, you know, and and I definitely understand that. And many people have experienced that. But that's not normal, you know, and that's a clear sign of an addiction. Of course, everybody can have those experiences when we're tired and we're kind of hungry. But to have that happen pretty much again, all day, every day, again, yes. that is very abnormal. You know, mm-hmm. and we're talking about really powerful insight that we all need to come to conclusion right now that we were not designed to have low-fat anything, like a low-fat diet. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And what the fear is, and what we both bought into, Jimmy, was the fact that this fat in the food equals fat in our body. So if we just don't eat the fat, we won't get fat. Right. Which nothing could be further from the truth, you know? And we really need to change that word fat, you know? So we got the three macronutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, and we should call it energy instead of fat. You know, I think we should just, you know, start holding up some, no, no, that's not <laughs> But, you know, change, do some. Specialicious juice. That's what we'll call it. Specialicious <laughs> juice. That's it. Ooh, specialicious. I love that. <laughs> so just understanding that this whole idea, this concept, if anybody is still lingering on and holding on to this idea, because it's still being marketed, you know, it's still marketed on packages with, with foods and popular magazines and, and articles coming commercials. out. I just saw one the other day for some stupid yogurt. Oh, look at all this protein in here and it's sugar free and fat free. And I'm going, really? Right. We're still on that? Really? Right. Yeah, we are. And here's, Until we know this better. is, this is why, and you can add to this, Jimmy, some of the reasons that this is important. You already brought up the fact that our brains, our brains are mostly the actual mass of our brain outside of being water. The actual solid mass is, is fat, you know, and you need the raw materials for your body to rebuild you and to regenerate you and to create new neuro tissue. So as soon as you start taking away that dietary fat, your brain starts to starve. You mm-hmm. know, it starts to dry out in many ways, you know, because it's also insulation for your nervous system. It's also a building block for your hormones, including your sex hormones. So when we cut away the fat, we're cutting away our vitality, mm-hmm. you know, and you really found this out. So let's go ahead and shift over because not only did you really just master the Atkins approach, you took that a step further, I'd say, by bringing in this whole understanding of a ketogenic approach. And you actually have this wonderful book. It's such a great book and a great read, Keto Clarity. So um, let's talk a little bit about that and how ketosis can translate to an effective weight loss. Yeah. So back in 2012, I'd been doing the podcasting and blogging thing for a little while. Everybody knew me as the low carb guy. And I had been slowly gaining some weight again. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. All of my health markers were pretty good. And I read this book called The Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Performance by a couple of great researchers, Dr. Steve Finney and Dr. Jeff Bullock. They had co-authored the new Atkins for a New You book, along with my co-author, Dr. Eric Westman. And so I read that book and I went, hmm, testing for blood ketones. I had never heard of testing for ketosis with blood ketones. Now, when you eat a low-carb diet, people assume you get into a state of ketosis, which, you know, to keep it real simple here on this show, it's just fat burning, getting your body to burn fat for fuel. And so if you're burning fat for fuel, then ostensibly you're going to burn the body fat for fuel, and that's how it's supposed to help you with weight loss. So I've been testing with urine ketone sticks, the little keto sticks that you pee on, and you know everybody's done that that's tried a low-carb diet. But here were these authors saying test the blood ketone because it's a lot more accurate. So I go out and invest in one of these devices and the strips. The strips are really expensive, and we can talk about that here in a minute. But I got the strips, and I started testing my blood. And the very first time I tested, I got a level of ketones that was well below what was considered ketosis. And I went, oh, well, this could be why I'm having trouble. 
And so I started on this one-year experiment. It was funny. It was only going to start off as like three months. I was going to do it for three months. Okay, let's show what this looks like and then move on. But I had such spectacular results that I decided to keep doing it for a whole year. But I tested morning and night, sometimes every hour on the hour, my blood ketones while manipulating my macronutrients. And here's where it was a little bit different from what I had done in 2004 on the Atkins diet. Atkins got it totally right when he said, start with 20 grams and then kind of test around to find your carb tolerance. So on a carb tolerance front, Atkins was spot on. What he missed the point, though, was that some people have to even moderate down on their protein intake. And what Atkins called for was unlimited amounts of fat and protein. So what did people with a dieting background, Jimmy Moore included, try to do as a means for doing a low-carb diet? They ate chicken breasts and broccoli, and thought that was low-carb, which by definition, it is very low-carb. But the unfortunate thing, it's very high in protein and very low in fat. So you have to kind of switch those things a bit. You have to add in more fat and moderate down on the protein. And I have to give a lot of credence to the Swedes on this one. Uh, I've got several friends from Sweden, and they have this movement there called LCHF, low-carb, high-fat. And I remember the first time I heard that, Sean, I was like, low carb, high fat. It just sounded wacky to me because I never looked at low carb necessarily as high fat. But when you look at it from a pragmatic standpoint, protein doesn't really change from what you did before. Protein pretty much is right around that point of 15 to 20% of your calories. What does change is when you reduce the carbohydrate in your diet, you have to replace that energy source, carbs, when you're a sugar burner, with another energy source, fat, when you become a fat burner. So that's kind of the the basis for why I decided to write Keto Clarity was nobody had ever articulated that anywhere in this language in this way to help people understand This is what it takes to get into ketosis. It's a practical guide. It tells you all the scientific evidence of what gets improved as a result of eating this way. It tells you the things that you can kind of troubleshoot for if you're having trouble getting into ketosis. Uh, We tried to make it a whole health guide, not necessarily just a weight loss guide, which I know a lot of people are using it for weight loss. I would rather them focus on the health aspects and improving the health with this. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, weight loss is a nice side effect. Right. I love that. I love that. It's mm-hmm. a side effect of taking action to just improve your overall health and vitality. You know, I love that you said that. And let's talk a little bit about why the protein ratio can be an issue. You know, we're talking about the Atkins approach and unlimited protein, unlimited fat. Why would we want to shift out of having such a higher protein approach if we want to get into ketosis for this reasoning? You know, I know it has to do with gluconeogenesis. So can you describe for us what that is? Oh, you done dropped the nerdy G-bomb on me, so. <laughs> me tuck in my pocket protector. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, gluconeogenesis is a big issue, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. So what we're trying to do is shift you over when you're trying to get into a state of ketosis from being a sugar burner to a fat burner. So obviously, the very first place you cut is, duh, sugar, and really anything that would turn to sugar in the body. So People may not realize this, but even though a carbohydrate you eat may not be sweet on the tongue, it gets converted into glucose in the body. So even though it doesn't taste sweet, it can have that same effect as if you're eating sugar. So you really need to kind of bring the carbohydrate level down to the level that's right for you. And we show you how to do that in the book. Testing your blood sugar is a really great tool for seeing your tolerance level to carbohydrates. So for me, because I used to weigh 410 pounds at one point in my life and history of dieting, I find that I can't go much over 30 grams of carbohydrate in a day. And that's total carbohydrate, not this net carb crap. You know, I'm so sick of people saying, well, the Atkins bars only have two grams of carbs. I'm like, no, no, they have 26 grams of carbs. 24 is filler crap that they want you to subtract, but it still counts. So count all carbohydrates. And then the next step is looking at protein. And the reason protein can be problematic is when you consume too much protein that your body cannot use for the natural uses of amino acids in the body, 
it has to get converted into, because you can't store protein, it has to get converted into glucose through the liver. That's that gluconeogenesis word you talked about. And so it produces sugar in the body. So if you're trying to transition from being a sugar burner to a fat burner and you've got too much protein, you're being anti-ketogenic. You're not allowing your body to get into that fat burning. So that's why moderating down on the protein. Chicken breast is not a health food, people. Please stop eating that thinking, number one, you're supporting Tyson more than likely, and that's horrible. But number two, don't do that to yourself. Choose the fattier cuts of meat and be aware that that's going to vary from person to person. I mean, I can't have more than maybe about 80 to 100 grams of protein, which is not a whole lot in a day. If you're super sensitive to carbs, you're going to be super sensitive to too much protein too. So finding your carb tolerance moderating that protein to your threshold level and then eating fat to satiety, which another one, that's another one that's going to be difficult for people to wrap their heads around because of the fat phobia we've had our entire lives. Adding fat to your meals is going to be a good thing. Butter, cheese, coconut oil, lard, you know, on and on and on, sour cream, cream cheese, all of those things can be healthy fats that you add to your food to make it tasty and, oh yeah, by the way, make it more ketogenic. Mm. You know, I love how you said chicken breast is not a health Health food food. because that seems like it's a disclaimer, but it really is a big headline here. That's usually the first go-to. That broccoli and chicken breast description analogy is so real and has been the paradigm for so many of us. That's a very big deal. And the spray on butter. That, and the spray, that, right, remember that right. stuff? I do, actually, I oh my, do. It was it, not it, too far I can't believe it's not butter, but I'm like, I can. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I most certainly can now. Well, you mentioned finding your carb tolerance and your protein threshold. How do yep. you find those things and determine them for yourself if they're different yeah, I think, for us? I each? think carbs are the important first step. I think you're really, I mean, obviously, I'm not advocating anyone eat grains, sugar, or even a lot of starch. If you're going to start on a ketogenic diet, I know a lot of people in the paleo community are very fond of safe starches and and adding starch, but if you want to do this the right way and you want to kind of see where you are, start by not having any of those and focus solely on non-starchy vegetables and the nominal carbs that are in things like cheese and even eggs and even the green leafy vegetables. Count all of those to start And then test your blood sugar after you consume those things. And if your blood sugar goes up over 140 after one hour, that's probably an indication that whatever it is you just ate is probably not something you should be eating. Mm, So that's one of the tricks that we talk about in the book. Another one, this is kind of a cool one on your cholesterol panel of all things. I did write a cholesterol book in 2013. Uh, cholesterol clarity. And so in there, we talk about that if you're consuming too many carbohydrates for your tolerance level, you need to take a look at your triglycerides and it will tell you whether you are or not. If that number is over 100, then you're eating too many carbs. Okay. It should be below 100 and probably well below 100. I know conventional medicine says 150 or below, but conventional medicine as usual, gets it wrong. 150, you are already showing some signs of insulin resistance and some other issues at 150. That's just an arbitrary number, by the way. They didn't really come up with that with any calculations. That was just kind of, well, that sounds like a good number to shoot for. (laughs) I wish they would revise that and make it below 100 because I think it would help people be able to dial in that carb tolerance level a little better. So that's how you figure out your carb tolerance. As far as protein, once you get that set with carbs... As far as protein goes, it's going to be kind of a tinkering and testing. When I first started doing this and doing my experiment, I got my carbs in pretty quick because I've been low-carb forever. So 30 grams was pretty much my set with my carbs. What was difficult with the protein was I started what I thought was pretty low at like 120. 120 grams isn't a whole lot. That translates to maybe six-ounce steak and a couple of eggs a day worth of protein. That's not a lot. And so I found that I wasn't seeing ketone levels. This is where starting to test for ketones comes into play. So if you're not seeing adequate ketones happen and or elevated blood sugar, you got to keep bringing that down about 10 grams a day. Try that for a week at a time. So start at 120, 
Okay, that's not working. Go down to 110 for a week. Okay, that's not working. 100 for a week. And just keep going down until you hit the sweet spot that enables your body to become a fat burner. For me, that landed right around 80 grams, which is kind of low. I'm a big guy, but that's all I needed. That's all my body needed, or it was turning it into sugar, which was not a good thing. Right. And I did notice on lift days, like the days I would lift weight, mm. I could bump it up to about 100 grams and still keep my ketones. So that's why I say 80 to 100 grams is my tolerance. Right. This is all wonderful information. And obviously in the book, you break it down much further and how to be able to test for these things, to find your sweet spot, even to, of course, be able to, to test for ketones, very simple practices for that. But I want to make sure we've talked about this many times on our show and just I want people to, to understand if, if they've tuned into the show, even for the first episode, they might have missed something in the past of why all of this is so effective. And we need to definitely talk about this really interesting word called insulin. And when people hear the word insulin, we tend to turn to diabetes. We think immediately diabetes, insulin, diabetes. But insulin is one of the most important hormones. It's a hormone, first of all, just understand it's a hormone for your life. You know, so it's this really interesting hormone that actually opens up your cells and allows it to store energy. And when that hormone is active, this can be where we get into the topic of actually storing fat because insulin is also your body's number one fat storing hormone. So when insulin is active, you're storing fat. And this is why Jimmy's talking about, hey, let's take a look at rationing down on the carbohydrates we take in because we know for a fact when you consume carbohydrates, whether it's a banana, pasta, or a donut, mm. any of those things is going to activate insulin. So you're going to be inherently storing energy slash fat, all right? This is what's going on all the time. And then if you're interested in taking this approach and following what, what Jimmy has actually done with his own body and his own transformation, if you're interested in doing that and getting into the, the ketogenic approach, then we need to look at also tweaking our protein intake because of this process of gluconeogenesis, basically protein becoming glucose, which is going to turn on insulin, which is going to make your body store fat, right? So all of this is taken into this blanket, this interesting approach of eating actually how humans have been eating for thousands of years. You know, only recently in our evolution have we been exposed to so many carbohydrates all the time. We just didn't have access to this kind of stuff. So it's a really, really powerful, interesting thing. But the question on a lot of people's mind probably is, okay, so I've taken the carbohydrates out. I've taken the protein down. I've got a little bit of steak, a couple of eggs a day. How do I fill this space? And you've already mentioned some of those fat sources. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the fat that we can actually indulge in. Right. So we're focusing and zeroing in on what a lot of people would think are probably unhealthy fats. But I want to redefine saturated fats as healthy because they are. They are incredibly healthy. What's not incredibly healthy are the very fats that they're promoting to us mm -hmm. as, quote unquote, heart healthy. Mm -hmm. So all the polyunsaturated fats, corn oil, canola oil, uh, mazola. Do you buy mazola and cook your whatever in it? Stop it because that is highly, highly inflammatory. We talked about this in Cholesterol Clarity. It raises your marker on your panel, your health panel called CRP, C-reactive protein. Mm -hmm. And when that is up, you have a higher susceptibility to disease overcoming you. Guess what, though? When you consume saturated fats and monounsaturated fats, which we're going to talk about here in a second, those are anti-inflammatory. Those are not going to harm your health. They're actually going to improve your health. And one of the things uh, during my low-fat year, the reason why I was having some of the mood issues and other things, Sean, was I was not absorbing the fat-soluble vitamins. And in order for your body to absorb those, you've got to feed it. Guess what? Fat, saturated fat and monounsaturated fat. So let's take a look at some of those saturated fats include butter. I don't know about you, but I love real butter. butter. I use, I use Kerrygold and or really any grass fed type of butter. Get that if you can. It's really healthy for you. I pretty much cook everything in butter. It just makes everything better. Butter makes everything better. That should be a hashtag on Twitter or something. <laughs> and then uh, coconut oil is another really, really great one to use. Tallow, lard, really any of the fats that you think are unhealthy now, <laughs> start using them because they're probably healthy. Full fat meats and cheeses, sour cream, cream cheese, those are kind of like saturated fat sources. 
Then we go to monounsaturated fats, and those are things like avocados. You know, I, I never was into avocados before I started doing a ketogenic diet yeah. because I thought they were kind of gross. And mm-hmm. who eats that? Because I was trying to cut into one before it was ripe. Yeah, that's <laughs> Don't bad Don't do business. that, by the way. You'll slip and cut yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now that I know how to help them ripe and then eat them, they're just so glorious. Uh, yeah. Great monounsaturated fat. And of course, olive oil, macadamia nut oil, a lot of those kinds of oils are really, really healthy for you. Just be careful with olive oils that you buy in a grocery store, though. And in my research for this, I found that uh, if it doesn't say 100% olive oil or from Italy or or that kind of language, Mm. they can actually legally put upwards of 40% of it as a polyunsaturated fat like soybean oil in it. So be careful when you go out and buy this stuff. Don't just hear me say, go buy olive oil, and then you get the crappy kind, and then you start having inflammation (laughs) problems. That's that's not my fault. So (laughs) So, um, go ahead. That's incredible. I mean, there's so many different incredible foods that we can have access to, you know, and this, this will actually turn you into being able to seek out things that people, again, have been eating for thousands of years. So when we're talking about fattier cuts of meat, fatty fish, you know, is another great source. But then there's also some other fatty, quote, fatty fruits, you know, so olive oils come from this little interesting thing called an olive, you know, and it's a wonderful source of fats as well. Um, There's so many to consider. There's, I think I might've talked about this recently, durian, right? Durian is this, it stinks. It's a fruit. It actually literally stinks, you know, and, but it's a fattier fruit. And it might, of course, we're going to talk about with tinkering with your carbohydrates, but it's something that you can look into or you can try out. There's so many other things that you can experiment with, you know, to really up your fat intake. And by the way, I definitely got to talk about this with olive oil because I'm so with you. If you're (laughs) buying olive oil, first of all, we treat our olive oil better than we do our water. Right. So it's like fancy glass dark bottles. Make sure that it's in dark glass mm-hmm. bottle because it's actually uh, susceptible to light. You know, they figured this out thousands of years ago that you needed to, to bottle in dark glass. And that helps to prevent it from oxidizing, basically. And this is something you notice Jimmy didn't say he's cooking with olive oil. He's cooking with the saturated fats because mm-hmm. they're more stable. Mm-hmm. You don't want to cook with olive oil. All right. This is something it's more reactive because it's not as saturated. So this is something to finish your foods with. You know, you can top your foods with it after you've already plated it. It's a little technique I learned from some chefs. It's called finishing. (laughs) And also to make dressings, obviously, Mm -hmm. really simple thing to mix it in, get in that way. So it's a wonderful thing to have, but we also need to know its place. And when you see it on the store shelf in plastic, Mm -hmm. see-through bottles, just see the skull and crossbones. That's bad business <laughs> right. right there. Right, right. You know, so thank you for adding some of these different options to the table for us, Jimmy. Um, there was so, one more I didn't mention, sure, by the way, Sean, sure. is the nut category. Peanuts, by the way, are not nuts. Those right. are legumes. Please avoid those. But macadamia nuts are amazing. Mm-hmm. Almonds, walnuts have great omega-9 fats. And there's a new nut uh, that I recently discovered. You might look it up. It's called a peely nut, P-I-L-I, and it's the highest fat nut. I I thought macadamias were the highest fat nut, and it's mostly monounsaturated fats Mm -hmm. in in macadamias. This new one, this peely nut, actually has about two to three grams more of fat in them. So uh, there's this company called Barefoot Provisions that actually provides and makes that available in America. It's the first time it's ever been available in America. They just started about six months ago, I think, selling that to the consumer. So uh, check that out. Really good. Awesome. So great. So great. And I'm a big fan as well. And also a lot of people know about Brazil nuts now. You know, oh, yes. That's powerful. good for selenium. Yes, absolutely. It's the selenium just so concentrated. It's like the best selenium source that you can find. And it's also great for, you know, as a precursor to building your sex hormones as well. And there's so many different interesting things about Brazil nuts. I actually wrote an article about, I put it in show notes, uh, which is a really popular article, but even more popular was the article I did about why you need to eat more saturated fat. This is why I'm with you all the way, riding with you. We're me and you, we're in the six, four, you know, it's, it's me and the OG old grandpa. You know, or original gangster, either way. And we're riding all the way with this because fats are so important, in particular saturated fats. So I appreciate you so much for bringing that to the table and really helping to get the word out about this, Jimmy. Pleasure, bud. So what I want to do now is let's just give people maybe like three tips 
for achieving and maintaining a healthy weight loss this year? Because, you know, we're, we're really right here. We're still at the beginning of the year and a lot of people are, are motivated and they're wanting to do something, but we want to make sure that they're doing the right thing. So can you provide us with maybe three tips for them to achieve and maintain a healthy weight loss this year? You know, I'm going to take a different spin on this than probably most of the guests that you've had on the show, because I myself still struggle and deal with weight stuff. And I want people to know that's okay. I want them to know that even if you're not at the perfect body, if you don't look like Sean Stevenson, nobody will, by the way, uh, then <laughs> that's okay. Because dude is a stud. He, he's the real OG. You know, and I think the obsession about weight loss shows like the biggest loser and just kind of this whole idea in our culture that if you don't lose weight, there's something wrong with you. I want to end that. I want people to put the focus on real food, nourishing your body, giving your body the essential elements it needs to become who you need to become in your health and your life and your well-being and mental state. All of those things are important, much more so than whatever that stupid scale happens to say. Mm -hmm. So my approach is don't focus on your weight loss. Focus on your health. Focus on doing all those things that are going to make you healthy. And at the end of the day, that should produce weight loss. Mm. If it doesn't, then there's some other underlying issues that maybe need to be addressed, a thyroid issue, stress in your life. Uh, I know Sean wrote a really great book on sleep, getting adequate sleep. If all those kind of quality of life, non-diet things aren't dialed in, you could have the most perfect ketogenic diet in the whole world, perfect any diet, and it's just not going to help you until you get those lifestyle factors put in. So get your lifestyle in check. Stop obsessing about the weight. And when you do that and you obsess about real food and getting healthy, then at the end of the day, that's going to make you better. Wow. Yes. Jimmy, thank you for oh that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was so powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wow, so powerful. And that's really what it's about. You know, oftentimes, again, people are tuning into a lot of these incredible podcasts to get those tips and strategies. But what it really boils down to is exactly what you said, you yes. know, focus on health, focus on loving yourself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. focus on appreciating who you are and where you are right now, you know, because that's going to lead to more goodness, more good decisions and more, more of a better practice of just caring and giving yourself the attention that you really deserve, you know, because you're amazing, you know, for anybody that would take action and take part of their life to tune into something like this, you're already that's on a right. level of greatness that just it pales in comparison to anything else and i have to commend you for that but please understand walking away today the scale is like it's one of the worst inventions ever mm -hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> what we need to pay attention to is how we feel mm -hmm. and how we feel in our own body how we feel in our own skin how we feel in our clothes you know and of course it's it's not about being perfect it's about being perfectly you and Jimmy, thank you so much for sharing that because, again, you focus on health, focus on just doing good things for yourself with the right map, right? So because, again, you take smart people because there are so many smart people that have, that have struggled tremendously in just trying to change their body composition um, because you take a smart person, you give them the wrong map or the wrong plan, they become very good at it. Right. You know, so getting the right information, stuff that is clinically proven, clinically proven to be effective, right? Not, and, again, not for weight loss, that's a side effect, but for improving your health and vitality, you apply those things on a daily consistent basis, focus on health and the weight loss will come, yes, you know? Yes, so yes. thank you so much for that. And in closing, I like to ask my guests this question and, and I'm really interested to hear your answer. You know, you've accomplished a lot, you know, you've, you've done a lot of things in your life and I'm curious, what is the model that you're here to set, Jimmy, you know, with your life? What is the example that you're here to set with how you're living your life? Two words, humility and giving. If you come at life with a humble heart and you try to do the best you can to help as many people as you possibly can, giving of time, I've been doing this for over a decade now, and a lot of people have come and gone over that time because I think they came in with the wrong motivations. They came in with, a, I'm going to get rich quick, I'm going to you know, try to become famous online. If that's your motivation, don't even bother. Don't, don't even try to do those kinds of things. If you want to be a real model, you've got to demonstrate to others 
humility. You've got to show them that you're a real person. I mean, I talk about all the ups, downs, and in-betweens. When I've gained weight, I talk about it on my blog. You know, when I've had great success in something with my health, I talk about it on my blog. You be very open and sharing, and then that lets people relate to you, and they feel like they know you. I, I just got back from a trip in Australia in November, halfway around the world, There's these people in Australia that know my name and know who I am and feel like I'm a friend simply because I was authentic. I was not trying to be somebody I was not. And I think that's kind of why I've been able to stick around a while is I'm just being me. I'm not trying to pretend to be anybody but Jimmy Moore. And uh, I think I'm the only one qualified to really be that person anyway. (laughs) Yes, yes. And and I know that you're going to stick around for a whole lot longer and I appreciate you, you know, so much. And can you let everybody know where they can get connected with you and also how they can get their hands on Keto Clarity? Sure. Keto Clarity is available anywhere books are sold um, and definitely Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon.com, all the regular places. We do have a book website if you want to hear some other uh, interviews that I've done or read an excerpt from it. I also did the audiobook because I'm a podcaster. People are like, you've got to do the audiobook. And so, okay. So I did the audiobook and there's a sample of that at ketoclarity.com. If you want to find out the rest of my work, it's at livinglavidalowcarb.com. has links to <laughs> my blog and my podcast. Are you laughing at my Ricky Martin? I reference? love it. <laughs> Living La Vida Low Carb. I'm, I'm so dancing with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if all that's too hard to remember, just Google my name, Jimmy Moore, and I think the entire first page is all my stuff, my my social media, my podcast, all that stuff. Get Dominate. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your wisdom. And everybody, I highly encourage you to check out Jimmy and this awesome book. Um, it's not just about weight loss. Again, this is about optimizing your health, your vitality. And there are so many nuggets of wisdom, so many incredible experts That's what he did. He really compiled some of the top experts in the field of health around the world and used their knowledge and just helped to make it all simple for us in this book. And it's a great read. So, Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you, guys. I I will now know what the OG means. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Not old grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Awesome. everybody. Only greatness. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope that you got a lot of value out of this. Now you take care. Have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome yeah. and you're loving it. Yeah. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening.